This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Raider Nation, we're headed down the home stretch. I know it's a short home stretch because this is an abbreviated show, but I wanted to keep it short and compact, something that you can listen to on your way to work, tucking your kids into bed before you hit the dinner table, while you're cooking dinner, whatever you're doing, you can hear this and just have a, your quick fix of Raiders coverage and news and just items to talk about during the day. And I want to end this off. This could be self-serving, but I don't care. Uh, I dipped into the car wars. And as many of you know, I'm very careful about what car discussions I participate in. Some of them are just ridiculous on either side. There are people out there who just want to get rid of car at any cost. I don't agree with that. There are people out there who would keep car at any cost. I don't agree with that either. You always have to look at every offseason, every situation differently. Who's available? What are our circumstances? Where are we drafting? Uh, what can we do? Is you know, is Carr gonna retire a Raider as he said he would? Would he waive his no trade clause to go to a better situation? That's a conversation for a different day. What I want to talk about is what problems, what are the two biggest problems that the Raiders need to fix moving forward if they want to get back to prominence? And I have clear answers for that. Number one, and this is in no priority order, this is just one and two. The defense has to be better. The Raiders haven't had a defense that ranked higher than 18th in points allowed since 2003. Do you know where I was in 2003? I was in John Dewey High School in Coney Island. And I did not know I would become a Raiders writer or a sports writer, period. I, I actually wanted to be a computer science major going to college and, and deal with electronics. And that's a whole different tangent. But that just tells you how long ago it's been. Uh, nearly 20 years since the Raiders have been able to keep teams out of the, out of the end zone at a, at a, at a very high rate, but they, that's something they have to fix. And it goes back to poor drafting, poor free agent signings. I mean, think about it today. Oh, not today, but on Tuesday, the Cardinals just waived Trayvon Mullen, who was the Raiders second round pick not too long ago. 
and the Gruden Mayak regime in 2019, I believe. So the Raiders have to be better at bringing in talent on that side of the ball. It's just been disappointment after disappointment. You can go back to Gary and Conley, as I just mentioned, Trayvon Mullen, uh, Jonathan Abram, who was let go this year. Just so many names, not to pick on anybody. But when you look at the Raiders' defense this year, 26 in red zone touchdowns allowed, 26 in third down conversions allowed. If you're letting teams just pull up and eat at the buffet inside the 20-yard line and you can't get off the field on third down, you're not going to win many games regardless of who is the quarterback. And that's my shot back to people who want to get rid of Carr of any cost. Sure, you can get rid of Carr and upgrade. It's possible. But you're still going to have a defensive issue. And whoever is Carr's successor, whoever were to place Carr and seed him, would have the same problems. Your defense is still going to be bottom of the league if you don't fix that problem. If you're not drafting consistent starters, if you're not signing players who can help you right away, if your defensive coordinator isn't up to par, guess what? That quarterback is going to have to score 26, 27, 28 points a game. And that's a lot of pressure on any quarterback, on any offense, let alone Derek Carr in this unit. Now, meanwhile, as the Raiders' defense has struggled in 2020 and this year, they've ranked top 11 in scoring offense. So you cannot tell me that if they had a better defense, they would win more games. Now, I'm sure there are numbers out there that suggest Carr has lost a fair number of games, even when the Raiders give up a low number of points. But this is common sense. You improve the defense, you improve your chances to win football games. And as a team, the Raiders have to do better in that area and bringing in defensive talent and bringing in guys who are going to be consistent, not just have a good year, not just have a good week, a good month, but a good career with a long career at the Raiders. You need to draft a cornerback that you can have faith in for a decade. A linebacker that's going to be the quarterback of your defense to get guys set and get guys ready who can play on all three downs. Not a two-down thumper. This is not 1980. This is 2022. You're going to need a linebacker in the middle of your defense who can cover, support the run, and even blitz. Because you're seeing, you're seeing linebackers with speed get after the quarterback to supplement the pass rush if need be. So the Raiders just need to be a lot better on defense. They just haven't been able to do that over the past two two decades. And as I said, regardless of who's taking snaps under center, it has to be better. Now, I'm going to go to the car side of things. Now, car car supporters are going to cringe and curse me for this, but Carr had his worst passer rating of his career last Thursday in that Rams game. I believe it was 36.9. He threw an interception in the red zone, and some will argue isn't his fault because the guard got pushed back into his lap, allowed some pressure. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. But he still has to be better in the red zone. Since 2014, which is when Carr was drafted, he has thrown 14 red zone interceptions. That's tied for the most with Ryan Tannehill, Phillip Rivers, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two of those guys retired, by the way. Uh, so it, it's not just this year. It's not just one play. Carr has struggled in the red zone for his entire nine-year career. Now let's just give, I'm going to give you some red zone numbers for this year. Carr has a 39.6% completion rate in the red zone, a 71.3 passer rating. And I just want to give you some comparable names. Not even comparable names, comparable numbers. Justin Fields. 57.9% completion rate, 100.9 passer rating. Justin Fields has a shaky offensive line. He's had one receiver for most of the year in Darnell Mooney and not much else. Cole Komet, eh, mediocre. Daniel Jones, and I watch a lot of Giants games because I'm in New York City. Daniel Jones, his best receiver is Darius Slayton. 
God bless Darius Slayton. He's on my fantasy team, but he's a number two or number three wide receiver on most teams in the league. But Daniel Jones, 61.3% completion rate, 99.3 passer rating in the red zone. Matt Ryan, a lot of people would say, oh, Matt Ryan is washed, right? He's washed. When he gets in the red zone, 50% completion rate, 98.7 passer rating. Derek Carr, again, I'm going to reiterate Derek Carr's numbers. 39%, close to 40% completion rate, 71.3 passer rating in the red zone. That's comparable to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has a 40.6 completion rate, 79.7 passer rating. He's a rookie who's played 10 games, by the way. Derek Carr's been in the league for nine years. Davis Mills, a 44.4% completion rate, 81.3 passer rating. Davis Mills doesn't have a steady starting job. He was benched a couple of weeks ago, and the Texans brought in. They have had Jeff Driscoll. They've had uh, Kyle Allen in there. So Carr has, no, has red zone numbers comparable to a rookie who hasn't played a full season and a guy who's been benched. Now, if you're a Derek Carr supporter, and and even as if you're a start supporter, you have to admit Carr has to be better in the red zone, and it's not just about Thursday. Even if you're going to give him the pass Thursday and say, not all his fault because the offensive line allowed pressure, look at his career numbers and look at his numbers overall for the season compared to other guys who are not nearly on the same level quarterback he is. I'm not saying any of these guys are a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I'm saying if Derek Carr is better than these quarterbacks, which he is, why is why are his red zone numbers so low with Devontae Adams as his top wide receiver? The guys that I mentioned, Devontae Adams is a better wide receiver than any of those teams, any of those guys' teams I've mentioned. Those guys don't have a wide receiver comparable to Devontae Adams. And I'll just take Daniel Jones. As I said, Darius Slayton is his best wide receiver. I know Saquon Barkley catches passes out of the backfield, but so does Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr has enough offensive playmakers to get it done inside the opponent's 20-yard line. For whatever reason, he's been unable to do that this year and throughout his career. So, I have a proposal. If the Raiders want to fix their red zone issues, they can fix it in one of two ways. They can rely heavily on the run game, or they're just going to need to get a QB who can consistently finish drives. And I will say this. The top five red zone scoring teams are the Lions, Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, and Chiefs. What do they have in common? They either have a top 11 rushing offense or a top-tier quarterback who, for the most part, makes great decisions in the red zone. Joe Burrow has 17 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in the red zone this season. Patrick Mahomes has 27 touchdowns, two interceptions in the red zone this season. Both of them completing at least 56-57% of their passes inside the red zone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I rest my case. Now, I want to go back to the defense really quick, right? Just so Carr fans know, I'm not picking on Derek Carr. As far as the defense is concerned, the Raiders can draft players, sign good players. But I have a question about the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. Doesn't have a long track record of a good defense. I know one year with the Giants, he was pretty good in 2020, I believe it was. 
doesn't have a long history of, of fielding stout defenses. I question if he's the guy to turn that defense around because I look at two guys who we can all agree had a pretty good rookie year in Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick. What happened to those two guys? At times, Merrick looks like a liability in coverage. Nate Hobbs isn't as good as he was last year. I put the numbers in my SportsNot article. You can check that out on SportsNot.com. You can look at the numbers for yourself. Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrick both allowing more yards per completion than he did in their rookie year. I believe Trayvon Merrick has already allowed four touchdowns, a 148.8 passer rating and coverage. That's bad. That's John Abram bad. And again, I'm not picking on John Abram, but when you had two guys who looked so promising in their rookie year under Gus Bradley, what happened to them under Patrick Graham? If Patrick Graham can't get the best out of two bright young players, is he really the guy to lead a defense? Is he the guy to change the the unfavorable trend of the Raiders' defense just coughing up points to teams all year round? I have questions about that. In these last four weeks, I want to see that defense play a lot better. And if it doesn't, I think Josh McDaniels, who has you know questionable play calling tendencies himself, he's got to call Patrick Graham in the office and he has to look at the tape and, and think, is this the defensive coordinator we need for this team? And I think that's right now, that's in question. And I'll just leave you with that. Those are the two big things. The defense, the Raiders have to draft a lot better, sign better players, and they have to reevaluate the defensive coordinator. But Derek Carr also has to pull his weight and getting this team over the hump if he's the guy. If they decide that, look, Derek Carr is the guy, he has to be better in the red zone. He has Devontae Adams. Maybe he gets back Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro this year, and they build some, some chemistry in a new system. But with those weapons... His red zone numbers should be up, up, up. It shouldn't be stagnant. Not where it is right now, below 40% completion rate, below 75 passer rating. That's, that's just not good enough. Not nearly good enough compared to the numbers I, I read out to you for other quarterbacks, rookies, guys you think are washed up, young players, all performing better than Derek Carter red zone. That's just unacceptable for Carr. He is not the only problem, but when it comes to red zone issues, he is definitely part of the problem. Now, with that said, we will see what happens in the last four weeks. I have my eye on the defense. I'll have my eye on Derek Carr when the Raiders get inside the 20. And we'll see if there are any improvements with Waller and Hunter Renfro hopefully back in the lineup. But for now, I just want you guys to stew on that. Again, the article is on SportsNot. Well, I broke it down for you. I broke down the defensive numbers. I broke down my concerns about Patrick Graham as a coordinator. I broke down Derek Carr's numbers in comparison to other quarterbacks in the league. And throughout his years. And let's just say it all has to be better. But with that said, I want to thank you all for tuning in with me. Again, wish my co-host Scott Gobranson well. He's under the weather. Should be back soon. Who knows? Maybe you'll get another show with me doing a solo act. Uh, who knows? But we'll find out again. Uh, this game against the Raiders and, and with the Raiders and the Patriots. Still a crucial game, even though the Raiders are probably not going to make the playoffs. I had to retire my 10-7 and 7 mathematical tweet. Now it looks like the best thing for them is 9-8. and 8. Again, we'll see. But keep tuning in. Silver and Black today, Mo Moten, and I'm out.